your horse training questions answered. Answered. Welcome to the Carson James Podcast, your weekly boost of horsemanship. No jargon, no fluff, and no BS. Just natural, proven solutions that work. And now, here's Carson James. All right, what to do when you feel like your horse is uh, ignoring you. Okay, the first thing is you have to find out why. Sometimes it's not because he's too heavy in the mouth or anything like that. Sometimes it is. Usually it's a combination. But let's talk about the most common one. And if we can get this one cleaned up a little bit, then all the other stuff is going to be much, much easier. So generally when a horse feels like he's not paying attention, it's because he has kind of locked the human out, so to speak, and there's something else going on in the environment that he thinks is much more important than the subtle signals or cues that you might be giving him. Now, in a lot of scenarios, getting bigger cues, you know, to give him more of a reason to pay more attention to you than the other things that are going on, that's kind of a thing that you can definitely experiment with. Uh, a lot of the times, the in a lot of scenarios, a good way to handle that. Let's let's come up with a scenario. Okay, say you're say you're riding your horse along a uh, pasture, and like a hundred feet to the right, there's something that's got his attention or really bothering him or whatever. Okay, the absolute best thing you could do is, if it's on the right and you notice his ears keep going over to the right, wiggling that left leg and bumping that left rein a little bit and releasing every time you see that left ear come back and kind of look at your left leg and your left hand. So what you're doing there is you're conditioning his mind to start coming off of whatever's to the right and focus on something on the completely opposite side, his left side, for example. Now, a lot of times people are tempted to try to move them up into what they're really hooked on or bothered by or whatever, but most cases you'll have a lot more success if you go about it like, hey, ignore that, do blank instead. So in this scenario, I personally would probably have him look to the left and then say, hey, trot over here to the left 100 feet or so. And then once we got over there and he was absolutely not influenced by the stuff on the, that was distracting him, well, then we would turn around and we would start coming back. This time, though, I would be a little more ready and I would be a little more busy to keep his attention. So as we circle around and come back to that area, I'll be like constantly asking him to flex at his pole to stop and back up a step and then turn to the right a step and then come back and then side pass a little and then walk 10 feet, then back up three feet, then flex at the pole, then look to the left, but kind of keep going to the to straight and then look to the right, but keep going straight. So kind of like a mild counter arc. Anyways, you're just you're doing all these things saying, you know, Hey, come to me, come to me, think about this, now that, now this, now that. And then you'll notice that he might start to lock out again as you get closer and closer to that area. When you see him start to draw that line, 
that's a really good time to say, hey, turn left again, trot over here 20 feet or whatever, and then come back around again. So you're, you're basically teaching him to forget about all that and just keep thinking about you, thinking about you. If you try to go up in there too deep too soon, it's going to be too much on him and no amount of pretty much anything will get his attention back on you. Sometimes if you can get really big with your request or have him do like a few big maneuvers like some rollbacks or uh, side passing at a trot or, you know, something that really gets him to moving and thinking, you can kind of use that. But generally speaking, if they're, if they're that locked out, you kind of need to remove the horse from the area that's causing it and don't be so deep up into that area where you might actually stand a chance on gradually getting closer but keeping his mind on you as you gradually work your way in. Uh, there was a clinic a while back, and this horse would really go nuts of the banner hanging on the fence. So as the lady would ride down towards the banner, he would start to really let you know he didn't like it at about 60 feet out. And then if she kind of push him up past that to go on around the short side of the arena, let's just call it the north side where the banner was kind of in the right corner. As she would kind of bring him on, push him on around the north, well, he would stop and cut back and then kind of take off to the other end bucking. So I got on him for a little bit. And this all happened over about 10 laps, probably 15 at the most, but at the end. He would walk right by the banner and not look at it, and I could even reach out and touch it. And it took took about five, maybe eight minutes to get this really good. But I I really just did what I was just telling you guys about. So I would I'd be walking him, and as he'd come around, I would notice him kind of start to notice the banner. So I would kind of start wiggling my left leg at at about seventy feet out. I was trying to be real early wiggling my left leg, kind of tipping his nose to the left. And then when he kind of went to look at it again, I would just turn him left and say, hey, trot off to the other side of this arena. Then when we hit the wall, we would head south and then make a left turn at the other end. And then we would come back up on that north wall, on that north long section again. He'd start to notice it, rinse and repeat. But every time he got to where he wouldn't really act like he noticed it, uh, until I was at 40 feet, then 30, then 20, and so on. And after about the 10th lap, he kind of just quit caring about it. Because, see, horses, some of you may not believe this, but you've probably all experienced it in some way or another. Horses are really easy to manipulate where their mind goes. Once, like, you can kind of get them in a habit of doing certain things and thinking a certain way, kind of get them in a habit of taking a certain mental path. In this case, when his mental path tried to go off to the right towards that banner, I'd bump the left leg and turn him left and get his mind back on the left again. And then we would trot off. The reason we trot off is, you know, what makes a horse feel safe moving their feet. Well, now all of a sudden I'm the hero because I'm rescuing him from that banner basically by giving him a way out. And uh, I know this sounds pretty counterintuitive, but it works really well. There was another story where 
uh, these people were trying to round pin this real young kind of wild colt, and they had been at it a couple of days, but couldn't get him to face up and look and really couldn't get anywhere. So uh, I went in there and just kind of messed with him for a minute. And what what the horse told us pretty quickly is, I don't like being in here. If you get within 30 or 40 feet of me, I'm going to feel real pressured and I'm going to pop out to the left or the right and just take off in a run and, you know, try to climb over the railing and all that. So he was real apparent on, you know, that he didn't like it. So we kind of flipped the script on him. I would kind of start to approach him. And when he would start to kind of pick up his head and look like he was getting ready to look for somewhere to go, I would just step over to the right and really open up the other side of the pen for him. And then because he had a clear way out, he would kind of just trot over to the other side and then stop. Then we would rinse and repeat. Well, after about uh, probably 10 times of doing this, he got to where I could get about 20 feet and it was, it was only, I had to get within 20 feet of him before he started looking for somewhere to go. And I just kept giving it to him. So same scenario. See, now, now the person on the ground that he thought he wanted to get away from is the hero. Because the person on the ground is telling those self-preservation instincts, hey, I, I'm reading you. I know what's up. I know what's going on right now with this horse. You're kind of telling the instincts like, hey, I know what you're trying to do to keep this horse safe. Let me help you. Just hypothetically think of it as that's what you're telling his instincts. You know, the instincts are what keeps them alive and dictates everything they do, basically. So when you can kind of get the instincts to be like, oh, hey, you're uh, maybe you're not as much of a threat as we thought you were. You're you're allowing the horse to move his feet. We like that. You're allowing him to uh, have a clear answer. We like that, that, you know, you're clear. Well, after a few more minutes of this, the the click point kind of happened, you know, where a horse just kind of realizes it and turns loose. Oh, well, from there, we got all the leg cocking and the head lowering and the chewing and then... Uh, just, I don't know, five or 10 minutes after that, he would let me get about five, maybe three feet from him. And, uh, after, and this was all, I don't know, in about a 30 minute session. Well, then the next day we were able to touch him a little bit. And then when he got bothered, we just stepped out of the way, kind of stepped back towards his hip, clicked a little bit, said, Hey, if you need to go, then go. And, uh, it was a lot different than what you see in here, you know. It wasn't, oh, if you don't want to be here, then we'll run your butt off, you know. Uh, it was a very, very easy thing. He never broke a sweat. I never broke a sweat. Uh, he ne- he got more and more relaxed, not more and more bothered or mad or amped up. And uh, it was just the timing and the way, like, I never even left a slow walk. A lot of times I was just kind of standing still, but... See, horses are really good at catching on to knowing when a human is catching on to the, you know, what's up. So you got to learn to, you got to learn to kind of be able to prove to those instincts that you know what's up. 
And that's an example of it. Now, you know, experience is what really builds that. But there's some people that have years of experience and have no idea that that's even a thing. So best advice I can give you is don't try to ride your horse where you can't. Try to get him where he rides better in places that you can. Okay, so an example of that is, is and this is real common, uh, people think their horse is pretty good at home, but then when they go out on the trail or go away somewhere, all of a sudden he kind of goes nuts. Well, the reason for that is, like when I'm learning to spell my name, when I was learning to spell my name, if I had just the right conditions and I was in my comfort zone, I would get it right. But if you took me out of that, because, see, I wasn't real sure about spelling my name. I didn't have the confidence to have a consistent pattern of spelling my name the same way if I was in an uncomfortable or different environment. See, I was lacking clarity, sureness, confidence. So... As time went on and my teacher was very good at saying, yes, that's right, and giving me that confidence, well, now it doesn't matter where you put me. It doesn't matter how long it's been since I've done it. It doesn't matter uh, if it's cold, if it's raining, if there's a billion things. I could be standing in the middle of uh, Grand Central Station or some other really crowded, and you could ask me to spell my name at any given point. And I would immediately do it, and I would nail it, and I would do it the same way every time. And there would be zero struggle. I could do it at any speed that I wanted to. Uh, Doing it fast would be no harder than doing it slow. But see, this is kind of where people miss. This is how you're supposed to bring a horse along. The problem is a lot of people have trouble really getting him ever sure enough to really leave first or second grade. So... You know, he might he might kind of present things as though he knows he knows whatever it is you're wanting him to do. But when when the the metal hits the road or whatever that saying is, your horse will pretty quickly tell you that he's not as sure of things as you might have thought he was. So now you might be saying, well, how do I you know, how do I fix all this? The best thing I can tell you for that is get on buckroocrew.com and go through the virtual clinic. If you can get your horse even halfway decent at all of the things in that virtual clinic, you're going to have a really good-minded horse, and it's going to be a whole different ball game. Also, make sure that you're not feeding him more energy than he's putting out on a daily basis. Studies have shown throughout the years that domesticated horses take in way more energy than they put out. So experiment with your feeding regimen. A common saying is more hay, less grain. And then you might be saying, well, I don't give him grain, but it's like, think of the concept. So if you only give him hay, see how, see if you can give less alfalfa and more just grass or coastal, see how little you can do without him losing weight because a lot of this kind of stuff is because we're basically giving our kindergartners five cups of coffee and then expecting them to be able to sit down and pay attention and learn. So uh, that can be a thing as well. Now, I hope that helps you guys out. Just let me end by saying there's no 
magical three things you do to fix anything on a horse. Uh, that's what people are, are missing on. It's, it's not A, B, and C for one, two, and three. It's just getting better and better at your timing, your communication, being aware of what's actually going on. Uh, here's a good example. Don't be that person that sits on a horse, and even though that horse is standing still, which, you know, in this case is exactly what you want, we look down at your reins and they've got some tension on them. Okay, well, think about what you're doing there. He's doing exactly what you want, but he's getting some amount of pressure, even though it's not much. He's getting an amount of pressure put on him. Before long, he's going to think, okay, well, standing still isn't a good deal because every time I stand still, I still get pressure put on me. And then he says, well, when I'm walking around, even when I'm walking, there's tension on the reins. When I'm loping, there's tension. When I'm trotting, there's tension. So see see how you're just totally telling that self-preservation that you actually don't know what's up? You're forcing that self-preservation to rise up in that horse and take over control of him. And if that happens, well, that means that the control is not going to be in your hands. It's going to be in the hands of his instincts. So see, that's just another example. Be aware Okay, I hope that helps you guys out. We will see you next time. You've been listening to the Carson James Podcast. Real, simple, horsemanship. Subscribe now to get new questions answered every week. If you enjoyed this week's podcast, drop us a review and share it with your horsey friends.